Hey y'all, I'm C.G. Townsend, your host of the Being Balanced Podcast, a space full of ways to help you stop the glorification of busyness. We're talking aha moments, must-have resources, real-life wins, and small shifts that lead to incredible impact. Welcome back, friends, to the Being Balanced podcast. I am C.G. Townsend, your host, and I am beyond excited to welcome to the show today, Allie Worthington. Allie, if you would, just tell us a little bit about you. Sure. I am, I always start off with family. I'm the mom of five sons. I feel like that's my claim to fame. My husband and I have survived having five sons. The baby is 11. And the oldest turns 21 on Friday. So that's that's huge to yes. me. We live outside in Nashville. Um, I'm a writer and a speaker and a business coach and the co-founder of the Blistem Conference. I'm an Enneagram 7, if anybody's into the Enneagram. And I like to joke that I'm, I'm living my best Enneagram 7 life because I get to do a lot of things. I love that. I have recently um, just heard so much about the Enneagram, and I just think it's so cool. I'm a little bit of a day late and a dollar short in doing it myself, so I definitely need mm-hmm. to get on it. Um, you got you got to get your test done. We got to hear what your number is. Yes, yes. And I ask everyone that joins us here on the show the exact same question: How do you define balance? <laughs> well. <laughs> <sighs> I think balance for me right now is leaning into whatever season I'm in, but knowing when I look at a year that goes by, for instance, I can see that there's balance between some seasons I'm all I'm really more leaned into family than work. Some seasons I'm more leaned into work than family, to be honest. Some seasons it's kind of a perfect mixture. But when I look at my year as a whole, it all balances out. So it's a lot of leaning in, but making sure that it all evens out at the big view. That um, that phrase, leaning in, because I am actually rereading right now, Breaking Busy, because I was entering a season of life that things were just all over the place. Um, and when I first read Breaking Busy um, a, a year or so ago, it literally changed my life. Um, wow. And it was like my introduction to you and all of your awesome ways and tips and tricks as to how we can break away from that busy life and really um, get back to our core and our foundation and and our roots. Um, and so... Really, I want to talk to you about that because I have so many questions. You know, you read a book and you're like, okay, it's all here on the paper, but then it just opens up a Pandora's box to so many other questions. And I love it. Yeah, <laughs> so for those of you that have not read the book, um, definitely pick it up and follow along as you listen to this podcast because I will reference some of my favorite page numbers. So on page 21, I quote... Um, Something that you said there, women are sacrificing sleep, recreation, hobbies, friends, and even family at the altar of busyness. So we aren't sleeping, we aren't caring for our bodies, and we aren't doing things that we enjoy with the people that we love. Then what in the world are we busy doing? I mean, gut check. 
So (laughs) you then go on to say all this busyness in the end keeps us just out of reach of the life we were created to live, which is another gut check. What have you learned in your time of breaking busy that you would tell the woman listening right now that's not living the life she was created to live? Well, for me, it was such an interesting journey of kind of unraveling the keys to busyness. And many people think, because I wrote the book on it, that my life never gets busy. Well, I like to say there's a busyness that breaks you, and there's a busyness where you're living a full, productive, wonderful life. Like, I don't think all busy is bad, but the busy that breaks you is the busy that's bad. And when I first started learning about busyness and trying to figure out like, okay, I'm going to write a book about this. I'm going to figure out busyness in my own life. I bought every book on time management from Amazon. I mean, every book, (laughs) read them all. And here's what I learned. Busyness is a lot more than time management. Like sure, some of it's Mm -hmm. important, but if you're listening today going, if I could just find a favorite app, now apps are good. You better believe I'm all about productivity apps. But if you're listening going, if I could just find the right planner or the right app or the right time management system, then I, w- I could break out of busyness. It's just not how it works because so much of busyness, it's a spiritual issue and it's mm-hmm. a heart issue. And we find ourselves unable to say no to people when we need to say no so we can live the life we're created to live. We say yes to everybody who comes up on us and goes, can you make four dozen brownies for the Girl Scout troop for your neighbor's plumber next door? Like mm-hmm. we, especially as women, we're super sensitive about being called selfish. We're super mm-hmm. sensitive that we're going to disappoint anybody. But I, what I learned in this process and what I hope you hear me say today is sometimes disappointing people is a natural part of living out your calling. So you're going to have to tell people no to protect your time and to protect your energy so you can do the things that you were created to do. Mm-hmm. And I mean, really, that almost seems impossible sometimes, right? Like mm-hmm. we have so many things that we actually want and desire to do. Um, and we're multi-passionate people. We, we have lots of things that we feel it might be really cool to do that, right? Whether it's cooking four dozen brownies or creating a shiplap accent wall at your house. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot, Joanna Gaines. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it, we, we want to do those things. So in your experience, are there steps that you take to say no? Like, is there a process? Are you giving yourself <laughs> some type of like Vince Lombardi speech and, you know, reminding yourself of the greatness to come by saying no? Well, here's the funny thing. It's easy for everyone to be like, you got to say no to the good to make room for the great. It sounds great. It's a great Mm -hmm. quote. We put it on Pinterest. We put it on Instagram. It feels good. But how do we do it? Because when somebody is in front of our face and they want our time or they want our energy, that's... That's where everything gets hard. That's where everything gets complicated. That's where it's easier to be like, yes, I will commit to that Mm -hmm. and make that other person happy because you feel good in the moment and they feel good in the moment. But then you start thinking, okay, how am I going to feel about this in the future? And in the future, we're like, I don't have the time or energy or capacity to take that on. So for me, saying no is where things got difficult. So what what happened to me one day is I was watching TV and I saw some politician um, on a news show. And I don't remember which congressman it was, but he's being interviewed about something. And the journalist said, Congressman so-and-so, you ran on a platform of never raising taxes. But look, you have voted for this bill. And this bill 
if it goes through, it's going to raise taxes by 30%. What do you have to say for yourself? The congressman said, everything I do, I do for the children. Oh, my. That is how I make my decisions. And the journalist was Mm -hmm. like, congressman, please. I mean, answer the question. Mm-hmm. You said you weren't going to raise taxes. You did. What do you have to say for yourself? And he said, everything I do, I do for the children. And I was like, you know what? That man went into that interview with a script. He was going to say exactly what he planned on saying. And that's when I thought, I need a script. Mm-hmm. When I want to say no, I need a script to tell people no. Because in the moment, I will wimp out and I'll be like, sure, okay, I'll help you move Saturday. Well, you know what? I already have plans Saturday. So how do I say mm-hmm. no graciously? And here's my script. Thank you so much for thinking of me. Unfortunately, in this season of my life, I've reached my capacity and I can't take on anything else. But thanks for thinking of me. And they can ask me again and again. I'm going to give them that same script. Thanks for thinking of me. But unfortunately, in this season of life, I've reached my capacity and I can't take on anything else. But really, I'm honored that you thought of me. I'm being nice. I'm saying Mm -hmm. no firmly. And I'm clearly saying in this season, because it could change in the next season, but in this season, this girl's reached her capacity and I can't do anything else. And nobody has died from me telling them no, because that's what we kind of think subconsciously. Like if I say no, I'm going to lose a friendship. They're going to be disappointed. The world's going to come to an end as of today, not come to an end yet. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that puts it into perspective for sure. I mean, the world is just not going to come to an end with mm-hmm. your simple no. And, and the way things work, sometimes I'm sure most, if not all of the women who are listening would consider themselves high capacity women. I'm sure all the women listening are high capacity, whether mm-hmm. they, they think of themselves or not. High capacity women, we can do a lot of things. We can take on a lot of challenges. We can bear a lot of weight. It's what we do. We are women. We are designed this way. And when we are high-capacity women and people are used to coming to us for things, time, energy, resources, whatever it is, there's something inside of us that's like, well, if they're coming to me, that means I'm the one that should do it because nobody else is going to do it. Well, here's the thing. If you have a high-capacity woman in your life and you have a need, everybody's just going to go to her. But what I learned through the years is other women who have these same gifts, who have these same abilities, who maybe want to be asked, who want the opportunity to serve or step out in some way, they just haven't been asked because the high-capacity women are always saying yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, this yeah. is what happened to me and my husband. We used to host small group in our house, and I do not have the gift of hospitality. <laughs> I'm messy. <laughs> I don't want to clean. I'm not organized. I can't cook to save my life. I'm a mess, right? Mm-hmm. I have five children. I'm, I mean, home, home, home's fine, but I don't need anybody coming over for dinner today, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> and when we were kind of on this busyness journey and we were figuring out, like, what do we, what do we stop for this season? I wanted to stop hosting. And I was talking to friends about it, and I was like, I don't want to put that on somebody else. And one of my girlfriends was like, you know, other women aren't like you. They're actually good at this. They have the gift of hospitality. They like to entertain. I was like, nobody, nobody likes to entertain. They're just, everyone's like me, and they're just saying yes because they have to. And she was like, I promise, you're actually the weird one. Other women would love this. Sure enough, I ask other women. They're like, yes, I've just been waiting for the chance to be able to entertain. Mm-hmm. It's like fabulous. I'm happy to to do the work. I'll bring some store bought food, but it literally transferred everything for my husband and I from 
oh, we're so stressed because small group is coming over too. Oh, good. We get to go to small group and let's go pick up some treats on the way over. Mm -hmm. Completely gave us hours back of our week that we were really stressed in the meantime. Yeah. Wow. And you share so many different stories and experiences, so very transparent and authentic um, in Breaking Busy that I just, I mean, even hearing you share this, I'm like, yep, mm-hmm, heard, heard something similar before. Um, <laughs> <laughs> another aspect of the book that I loved, and it ties back to um, something that you mentioned in your introduction, Blistom. Um, So you have about six or so pages, starting at page 79, about listening to God. Um, And when God calls us to edit some things out of our life to make room for other things that are greater. And one of those things at that time, um, you you shared your story about Blistom. And hearing from God that it was time to let it go. Um, yeah. And I am just so happy that what, from what I can tell, there was another message that landed in your lap <laughs> to bring it back. So tell us about that. How, how are we now here preparing for Blistem in November? Well, and I'm so happy that you are going to be at Blistem teaching a roundtable yes. session. It's going to be great. Okay, crazy story. And in my mind, when before this experience, like you heard from God, God gave you instruction, and it didn't change, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I followed the just painful extra instruction to shut it down. It was it was just it was wrenching. I mean, it was so it was horrible walking away from it. Walked away from it. Built my business, helped build a ministry for a few years, and then kind of out of the blue, my co-founder called me up. We talked every six months or so, but it had been shut down for five years at this point. This was early last spring, a year ago spring. And she said, do you miss it? And I said, I miss it every day. She said, do you ever want to just bring it back? And I said, no, I can't. God told me I can't do it. And if I bring it back, I'm going to hurt everybody again because he's going to make me shut it down. She said, why don't you think about it? So I went and prayed about it, and I felt like I heard a yes. But sometimes, you know, when you pray about something and you hear a yes, and you're like, is that me or is that Mm -hmm. God? Like, this is too important to mess around. So I have a good friend who mentors me quite a bit, and maybe once a year she'll get a word for me. And so I called her up and said, could you pray about Bliston for me? It's so important. I feel like it's okay to bring it back, but I don't want to mess this up. And she said, I don't need to pray about it. She said, six months before. She had written all this in her journal. God revealed to her that when I humbled myself, and I was like, well, humbled, that's interesting. When I humbled mm-hmm. myself and I came to her to ask, she could confirm that it is indeed what God wanted. She wasn't allowed to say anything to me. Oh, wow. Because I would reject the idea thinking it was from her and not from God. But when I came to her for confirmation, she could confirm it's what the Lord wanted. Wrote it in her journal six months before. Wow. So I called my co-founder and I said, we're on. I can't believe it, but we're, I don't, I don't know if it's one year. I don't know if we do it for five years. I don't know if we do it for 10, who knows? So I know for this year in 2019, Blistem is back. Wow. That is unbelievable. Right? I just, I never even could have imagined something he told me um, to put down. I get to pick back up. Yeah. So really, really exciting, really special year. Just get to bring together all my favorite people in one room to go mm-hmm. anything you could possibly want to learn about building your business or getting a book deal or launching a speaking career or a podcast or any of it, 
let's do it. Yeah. Let's just show up for people in the community. And we're going to have probably about 600 people uh, here in Nashville. And if I can get through it without crying, it will be a miracle in itself <laughs> because it's so special that it's come back. Absolutely. And I, I also love the evolution. I mean, that amount of time, we are now in such a different space. I mean, with podcasts yes. and so many things. I mean, there are so many different ways and directions you can go with your business to really make it the best version. So I think it's very cool that it's coming back even at this particular time in life. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's really cool. And also, uh, it's it's interesting because... I think sometimes we get caught in the, oh, I'm in the business world and God doesn't care about it or, you know, doing things in the ministry is better than business. And and I think for that, he kind of turned my whole perspective on its ear because there's no faith in Blistem. It's just a business. We don't talk about faith. We don't talk about anything. We talk about business. Mm-hmm. And so to know that God cares enough to make sure that I got a message to bring it back, that it, that this business conference was important enough to him to be like, hey, bring it back. Go bring women together and, and make sure you teach them everything they need to take their business to the next level. Like, that's so cool. He mm-hmm. cares about all the little things. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So you inspire so many people. I mean, Breaking Busy, Fierce Faith, The Year of Happy, Blistem, your podcast. I mean, just bazillions of people, right? <laughs> Who inspires <laughs> you? Oh, wow. That's such a good question. If I'm going to be really honest, I'm going to say Beth Moore. Mm. She really inspires me. She's somebody, you know, I've done her Bible studies for, I don't know, seems like 15, 20 years. But she's a woman in her 60s who's just in the past few years started really stepping out, speaking truth, speaking against um, things out there in the culture that were dangerous, things that she sees in in like our culture that's dangerous. And she's got a lot of flack for it. And she just stands up for it with grace and love. And, you know, she's a, she's really a, a lighthouse to me in a, in a dark culture of how women can support each other to stand up against injustice and go, you know what, world? You may come at me because you don't like everything I do, but I'm going to make sure that I'm standing up for my sisters to Mm -hmm. make sure that I'm leaving the generation before me and the generation after that uh, better than when I came. And I respect that. She's a she's a tough. She looks like a little little cute little southern blonde woman, but she's tough, and I Mm -hmm. love that. Yeah, yeah. I I love when women are like pit bull in a skirt, where you're not a hundred percent sure what may come out of their mouth, but when it does, it is powerful. Mm -hmm. Um, I like bring it all day long. Yes, like I mentioned (laughs) earlier in the. In the show, women are tough. We're a lot stronger than we give ourselves credit for. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree for sure. What's on the horizon? What's what's next? What can we expect to come out of the Allie Worthington camp? <laughs> well, I'm writing book number four right now. Ooh. I'm at the tail end of, of the initial writing process. So the writing process is... Basically, for me, it's about six months of staring at the wall going, "How? I think I know what I want to say, but how do I verbalize that? And how does it make sense? And then it's about another six months of writing. So I'm at the tail end of that six months of writing. The manuscript is due December 2nd, so right after Blistem and right after Thanksgiving. 
Then it goes on a pause where my editor reads it, tells me if it's garbage or not. Then I make edits, and then it goes into production. So it will launch at the end of September, almost exactly a year from now in 2020. That is awesome. Yeah. So now we have something to mark on our calendars um, mm-hmm. to all get excited about. <laughs> um, thank you so much for your time, your just like quick nuggets that are poignant and concise and can help us all really move from a space of busyness um, to a better place of balance. It's, you know, all about giving ourselves permission to do that. So thank you for that. Oh, Thank you so much. It's been great to be on the show. 